Jesus, we commit this service and everything that we're doing today into your hands, God. May you come and take absolute control. Be in our midst today, Father. Give us peace. Give us understanding. Open up our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So this whole month we've been speaking on gratitude. Gratitude and thankfulness, I believe, goes hand in hand pretty much. Because you can't have gratitude if you can't be thankful, right? To be thank- to have gratitude, you must have a feeling of thankfulness in your heart. And so today we're going to be expounding upon that a little bit more. We're going to be talking about thankfulness. I believe it's a very timely message because next week is Thanksgiving. Is that right? Yeah? Not this Thursday. Next Thursday will be Thanksgiving. And so it's a time to be in a spirit of thankfulness. Not just now, but always is a time to be in a spirit of thankfulness. And I think it's really great that we're kind of wrapping up our in-person meetings, focusing on this theme, because there's so much to be thankful for that God has done in and through this ministry this year. Just looking at y'all's faces is something to be thankful for. So thank you for being here today. And I pray that you all have your ears open and ready to receive whatever God has for you today. So what would you say the key to happiness is? If I were to sit down and have a conversation with you about your life, just think about how you would answer that question. What is the key to happiness for you? What do you think that might be? Now, some people might think happiness depends on circumstances. It depends on what's happening to you. If you look at happiness, it goes a lot with the word happening based on circumstances. Some people say, well, you know, if I really got that job that I've been wanting and praying for for my whole life, if I got that, I would really feel happy. Or if my family were back together again, that would bring me a lot of happiness and joy. Or maybe if that prayer was answered that I've been praying for 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 months or years, that's when happiness would come. But I believe happiness isn't based on happenings. I believe it doesn't come out of circumstances. I believe there's a certain type of happiness and a certain type of joy that only comes from the Lord. If we look in the Bible, I actually really appreciated that verse that you you said today um, talking about joy. There's, There's many times that it talks about pain coming before joy. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It also says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and the shame. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. But he had to go through the suffering first. Sometimes life isn't easy. Sometimes it's full of things that don't make sense. Sometimes it's full of suffering or pain. But we're in a world of sin. And so what else can be expected than those things? Jesus never promised a perfect life for us. He never promised us sunshine and rainbows every day of the week. But joy, true happiness, comes from the Lord. 
And it's not temporary. And it's not based on circumstances. That's why you can be going through the most difficult time in your life and still have peace. You can still have joy in the midst of your sorrow. You can still have peace in your heart because that is not something that's temporary, something that comes from God. It's not a state of mind. It's not based off of circumstances, but it's a gift that God gives us. Joy is a gift from the Lord. So happiness and gratitude, they go hand in hand. Happiness is, I believe, equal to gratitude. We sometimes take for granted the small things. It's very easy to take for granted all the small things that we don't even consider as major in our life. Just the fact that we have a job that we go to day by day, sometimes we don't even consider that anymore. It's just expected for us to wake up and have that job when we wake up in the morning. And we forget that it was a blessing that came from God. Or we wake up and we open up our pantry and there's food in there. We don't even think to thank God that we've opened up the door and there's food in there because there's always been food in there. There are certain things that we have enjoyed. Your circumstance might be different than my circumstance, but there are some things I believe in your life that has been consistent just for the fact that you live where you live. You live in a country in which freedom has been bought with a price and you get to enjoy that freedom. We don't have to wake up every morning and wonder if our house is going to be bombed or not or if our children are going to be killed, or if if our daughters are going to be able to go to school. Like so many people wake up and fear these horrible and terrible things. We just get those things, and we take them for granted so many times. It's easy to take the small things for granted, but it's also easy to take the big things for granted. Because sometimes we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we beg God that God will answer our prayers. There are certain things that we've been praying for for years that God will answer our prayers. And when he finally does answer our prayer, how much time do we actually spend thanking him? We spent the hours begging the, for and pleading for the prayer to be answered. But as soon as it's answered, how much thanks do we give to God? Or is it just expected of him because he is God to give us everything that our heart desires? To be able to truly be thankful, we have to look at what it is that we are freely given just by where we've been having the privilege to be born in and also the things that we have prayed for and God has granted us. Like Samuel's been talking about and has mentioned so many times, we can't afford to forget. You need to have a system in which you remember the things in which God has blessed you with. Because not everyone is living the life that you're living. Even your hard times are incomparable to someone else's hard times. I've learned that so much just by the job that I work in, being able to help and assist refugees and hearing their life stories. I have experienced and it has opened my mind so much that the quality of life that I get to enjoy is not the quality of life someone else gets to enjoy. Even if you're, you're not living in poverty. Some people are living in poverty, and that's, that's a hard situation to live in. But other people are just fearful for their life the moment that they wake up. Or they may be here in the U.S., and they have family overseas, and they're wondering, am I family going to survive 
for the next week or day. There's so much to be thankful for, guys. There's so much God has blessed us with. And so I believe our praise and gratitude should be equal to our amount of prayer and asking, right? Because God has granted you that thing that you have prayed for, that you got on your knees for. And as soon as we get it, sometimes we just brush it off. There's so much that we have to be thankful for. Is there thought behind your thank you? When we say, stand up and let's thank God, let's praise God, let's turn on some worship and worship God. It's not about the quality of the song that's coming through the speaker or how well the singer sings. It's about the heart that the person is giving to God through the praise and the worship. When, he's, when the singer is singing, it's not because they've hit that high note that, that we're rejoicing. It's the words that they're singing to the God that created them and have blessed them and have kept them. And that's when that worship is coming out. That's what's happening. There should be thought behind your thank you. The word thank actually stems from the Latin word tongre. The root Tongue means think. Loosely translated, the expression might read, I will remember what you have done for me. Thank you means remembering what someone has done for you. As Samuel said last week, thank you is not just something that you were raised to say as a child when someone does something nice for you. It's not when someone gives you a gift, the correct thing to say back is thanks. There has to be thought behind it, especially to the creator that has blessed you. There should be thought put into how you thank God, the words that you say, how you're you're singing worship to God. Put your energy, put your thought, put everything you have into it because he's worthy of it. Psalms 103, the verse 1 to 4 says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being inmost being that's everything inside of you may it praise god praise his holy name praise the lord my soul not just my mind but my soul my very being everything within me may it praise god and forget not all of his benefits how do we forget something we don't think about it when we're thanking someone we're thinking about what they have done for us Forget not his benefits. Who forgives all your sins. He forgave your sins, guys. Every wrong thing that you have done, he has washed it clean. He heals your diseases. That cold that you had a week or two ago, are you still sick? No, you're not sick. He's healed your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit, the pit in which you were condemned to because of the sin that you chose to live in. He has redeemed you from it and he crowns you. Not only has he redeemed you, has he saved you, but he crowns you as a son and daughter. It says it crowns you with love and with compassion. That's the kind of God that you serve. That's the kind of God that we're talking about. We're not talking about a totalitarian God. We're not talking about a dictator God. We're talking about a God that loves you and has compassion for you, even in the midst of your mistakes. According to Harvard Health, and 
positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions. So if you want to feel more positive emotions, what do you need to have? Gratitude. It helps you relish your good experiences more. When you're thankful, you enjoy your good experiences that you're going through even more. It improves your health. This is Harvard Health, guys. This is not Pastor So-and-so. This is Harvard Health saying this, that it improves your health when you have gratitude, when you are thankful. When you are thankful, you might have something that you're struggling with. It's a health concern for you. But when you're thankful for what you do have, you can become even more healthy. It also helps you deal with adversity and helps you build strong relationships. If you want to have a great relationship with me, when I give you something and you thank me for it, it gives me a reward. Same in the opposite way. It will strengthen our relationship when you are thankful for me and when I am thankful for you. But if you're doing things for me constantly and I'm never showing any thankfulness or gratitude for what it is that you've done for me, what's going to happen to our relationship? It's eventually going to die off because you're not receiving anything from it. All that's happening is someone's taking from you. I'm not saying God's going to cut you off because you don't say thank you enough. But if you expect that from a relationship with another human being, you should be willing to give that to the God that created you and blessed you with everything that you have. Are you a glass half full or half empty type of person? I know that's a saying people use a lot. Are you gl glass half full or half empty? When you look at a glass that only has half in it, what do you see? Are you seeing the bit that you don't have? Or are you thankful for the amount that's in the glass that you're able to drink? Be thankful for what you have, guys. Because when you're thankful for what you have, God can reward you with more. So secondly, we talked about how thankfulness comes from thought. So what are your thoughts? What goes on in your head? If you were to, so people ask that a lot, like in business meetings. They say, can I get your thoughts on this? Or, you know, you get dressed and you ask someone, so what do you think about this outfit? Sometimes you don't, <laughs> you don't really want to know what's going on in the person's head because sometimes those those thoughts might not be what you're expecting. They might be negative thoughts. And I believe many husbands have gotten themselves in trouble with the responses that they've given back <laughs> to some of those questions. Um, but what if I were to get your thoughts right now? And what if I changed your brain somehow and every thought that you think became spoken out loud? Is that something you'd be comfortable with doing? Probably not, right? Because most of what goes on inside of our head or some of what goes on inside of our head is not something we would want to be shared with everyone else in the room. We have to renew our mind. We have to change our mind. Some of the thoughts that we're thinking is what leads us to the places that we are. Because out of your heart, your mouth speaks. And thoughts come from your heart. And so if you're constantly thinking negative and you're constantly living your life 
to think in those ways, eventually you're going to start seeing the fruits from that. What you put into your head is so very important because it's going to affect the rest of your life. When I went to go and get my wisdom teeth removed, this was about a year or two ago, I was really afraid about what I'm talking about right now because I had watched quite a few videos of people coming out of surgery and saying some pretty crazy stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) what am I going to say? Like, I don't want to say anything embarrassing, you know? And so I was actually like praying. I was like, God, please don't let me say anything like stupid. I hope like my heart is in the right place. So I don't like say anything offensive. I was just praying and praying. And thankfully, that's a really weird story, guys. When I came out of wisdom tooth surgery I started preaching and trying to evangelize to the nurse (laughs) and I was very happy that that was what I ended up doing because I knew I was doing it but I couldn't control what I was saying so it reaffirmed inside of me that my thoughts were good thoughts because I was I was not able to really filter what was coming out but what was coming out was good and so I believe when you put good in You're going to give good out. And that's what happened in that circumstance. I was telling the the nurse, you know what? You're just so beautiful. God loves you. God created you for a purpose. And I had all these gauze hanging out of my mouth and I looked hilarious. But at the end of the day, what was in my heart came out. And so I hope that If that was to happen to you, that your heart would also be able to be in the right place. But how do we get our heart in the right place? It's the thoughts that we think. It's the things that we dwell on, guys. If you're not in control of your thoughts, you're not in control of your life. Some people can't even control the thoughts that they think. They just come to them naturally and they start dwelling on them and they start thinking about them and they just can't stop. It's like almost like an addiction to start thinking in a negative thought process. And the reason why that happens, I believe, is because we have something called neural pathways that we form in our brain. Think about it like like a a path through the forest. At the beginning, if I'm walking through a path in the forest, you're not going to see anything on the ground. But if I walk through that same path through the same forest every single day, what's going to eventually form? A path, right? You're going to see the dirt from me stepping on that same ground. It's the same in our brain. When we think the same thoughts over and over and over and dwell on those thoughts, that's how our brain is eventually going to to continue thinking. So when something negative happens to you, you're going to travel down that same thought process. It's not going to really be something that's controlled. So what we have to do and what the word says is that we have to take every thought captive. It says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That means every thought. Every thought that crosses your brain I want you to start thinking, does this thought glorify God? Does, is this a thought that, that would bring honor to him? 
Am I constantly thinking down upon myself? Because when we're constantly thinking down upon ourselves, it's going to be easy to go through that same um, pathway over and over again. And it's going to start making a neural connection that's very difficult to be broken. Because once a neural connection is made, it can take months upon months of thinking in a different way to break that connection because we've put so much time putting into it. If you get dressed every day and you look in the mirror and say, I look ugly and I'm good for nothing. Every time you look at yourself, that's what you think. When someone tells you you're beautiful, what are you automatically going to think? You're lying. I'm ugly. I've already told myself that so many times. You can't even accept what someone's giving to you that's positive. So we have to form the right pathways in our mind. It says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not about what you display in front of me. You can trick me and and show me something that you not you aren't truly are, and I could be completely tricked by what you're showing me. But God doesn't look at what you're showing on the outside. He looks at your heart. God looks at your heart. He doesn't look at what, what you're displaying to everyone else. It says in this verse here, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. I've had experiences like this before where someone's been very offensive to me and I can put on a smile in front of them and act like, we're good old friends because I have to work with this person. But at the end of the day, is my heart really with them? No, I'm doing what I have to to get through the day to be able to work with this person. But God sees past all of that. He sees who you truly are. He sees you in the private moments. He sees you when you're doing the things that nobody knows about, when you're thinking the thoughts that you're thinking he sees everything. And at the end of the day, you're going to be judged off of what you do because of those thoughts and also the thoughts that you're thinking. Because it says in the Bible, if you hate someone in your heart, it's like committing murder towards someone. Did you actually go and kill someone? No, but you've hated them in your heart. It also says if you look after a woman with lust for her, you've already committed adultery. He doesn't only look at what you have done because of the thought. He looks at the thought that you're thinking. So watch your thoughts, guys, because thoughts can lead you to committing a sin. It can also lead you into a path of sin that nobody even knows about because it only goes on inside of your head. And sometimes those are the hardest type of sins to get rid of because nobody knows they're going on inside of you except for you. And if you're struggling with something like that, I would encourage you, get someone in your life that you can talk to and that you can be real with. Because when things are in darkness, when sin is in darkness, it will live and it will grow. But when you bring what is in darkness into light, that's when you can find real salvation. That's when you can find real freedom from whatever it is you're struggling with. So if you're struggling with something and it's something that you've been thinking about, come to Samuel or me. We'll be happy to talk to you about it because it's not just you that has been struggling with that. And don't believe the lie from the enemy that it is just you. Because I've struggled with thoughts like that. Samuel has struggled with thoughts like that. And we'll be happy to help you.
We need to renew, renew our mind. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. There's a pattern that this world follows, that everyone follows in this world. And we're not called to conform to it, to be like it. We're called to be different from it. And so that's why when we're meeting here today, and maybe our ma- some of our neighbors or our friends think what we're doing isn't the best thing to do, or they don't understand it, I'm not offended, and I'm not put off. Because I'm not conformed to what the pattern of this world says. I'm conformed to what God has asked me to do. And so me standing here and presenting the gospel and presenting truth with you is what God has asked me to do. And I'm not conforming to the pattern of the world. We're called to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you know what God's will is for your life? If the answer is no, it's probably most likely because you have not let your mind also be transformed by him. Some people give an analogy to when you accept Christ. is is like letting Christ come into all of the rooms in your house. And you've accepted him. But you have one room in the back where all the dirtiness is kept, where where the things are that you don't want anyone to see. Jesus wants all of you. He doesn't want what it is that you're showing to everyone else. He doesn't want the best room in the house. He wants you to open the door, every part of your heart, and he wants you to allow him in to clean up every single part of your life that looks like a mess to someone else. Every single part of your life that you don't want anyone else to see. The hurt that you feel inside of you that was caused by someone else that, that you constantly think about and it, it, it causes you to even feel or get sick. He wants to come into those areas in your life and he wants to come in and he wants to scrub every single hurt, every single bitterness, every single wrong thought off of you so that your mind can be transformed to become more like him. That is his will for you. That's his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for you in your life. That's the beginning of it, to come in and clean everything. And once it's clean, you can start living in the rest of his will. What is he purposed for you to do? What are you supposed to be doing in this life? Why is it that you were created? But first, you need to let him into every room. Renew means to make new again. The world causes our minds. And I've noticed if I spend a lot of time on social media, if I spend a lot of time on the TV and I neglect what I have sitting here, then eventually I feel like my faith starts going down. I feel like my relationship with God starts going down. And it's not because God has stepped away from me but it's because I took a step back from him. I didn't put time into our relationship this week, so we start feeling a little bit distant, but it's not because he backed up, it's because I did. And so if you feel like my relationship with God isn't the same as it was a year ago or two years ago, and I remember having such a great relationship with him, 
A lot of people feel that way right after they get saved. They just have such a great relationship with God and feel so connected to him. But they start slacking on reading their word, on praying, and they just go about their normal life. They're going to feel more and more distant from God. And what the world's going to start telling to you is going to seem more and more true. That God's not real. That, that how could a man come to this? How could God be a man and come through a virgin? That doesn't make any sense. So why are you believing it? Those things start making more and more sense to you the more you start neglecting your relationship with God. And so if you feel that way, it's as easy and as difficult as recommitting yourself to going into his word, to praying to him, to seeking his face, to having moments alone, guys. It's not about what we're just doing here today as a group. It's about what you're going to do when you get home. Are you going to open your word are you going to turn on your worship music? Are you going to praise him? Are you going to commit your precious Netflix hour to spending more time with him? Just for, just for a few minutes, just for an hour or two, whatever it is that you, where you can start, I encourage you to start because that's how your relationship is going to grow. That's how it's going to be strengthened. Finally, true gratitude begins with humility. It begins with realizing who we are and what we don't have without the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 5.10, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. Paul was an apostle. Um, he started a lot of churches, and he was the reason why, I believe, for a large majority, the early church grew so much. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me has not been in vain. But I labored even more than all of them. And not I, but the grace of God in me. Some people think they deserve their paycheck because they worked for it. I deserve this money because I worked for it. I worked hard for it. But God's the one that blessed you with the job. He's the one that blessed you with the strength to be able to get up in the morning and work. He's the one that puts you in the area that you were in to even find the job, he blessed you with that. So give him thanks for it. Because it's not about how hard you work, it's about the grace that he gives you through your work that's going to get you anywhere in this life. Anytime I get a new job, that's what I always pray for. I pray for favor with my bosses. Because I've gotten the job, but, be, but to be able to keep the job and also advance in the job, and for me to be able to find favor it takes prayer joseph had favor from pharaoh and that's how he got the position that he was in so if you're wanting to advance in your life and your career start praying for favor because you are where you are because god allowed you to be there and even in the midst of your struggles he's still faithful to you and even in the midst of your trials and your not having, he's still faithful to you. Because your happiness, as I said at the beginning, is not based on your happenings. It's not based on what surrounds you. True joy comes from the Lord. Jesus walked to that cross not being upset and worried and, and sad and discouraged. He walked towards it because he knew there was joy waiting for him on the other side. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you're walking through a time that struggle, that's a struggle for you and it's hard for you, know that there's joy, as Jasmine said, through the struggle. There's joy waiting for you on the other side of the struggle. So please be encouraged by that. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And joy comes from the Lord. Let's pray really quick. Jesus, I pray, God, that you will just speak to your people today through this message. Whatever it is that you had for them, Lord, I pray, God, that they will have received it from you today, Lord. That it will be planted in good soil in their heart, God, and may it grow, Father. May your people here today grow to be more like you. If they don't have a relationship with you, Father, may they start a relationship with you, God, and realize the truth of who you are. May we rely on you, Father, even in the midst of things that don't make any sense, God. And may we believe and have faith that even though weeping endures for the night, even though struggles endure for a season, Father, that there is joy on the other side and joy that comes from you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.